wasn't out there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep. Penguins and six. What's going on, everybody? Did I say seven? Oh, my God. I can't count. Oh, boy. He can't count. I can't believe what I'm watching. But what's up, everybody? We're back. Just dishing it. Episode 60, as always, joined John Toots Tutor, Derek Hoskin. Derek in that favorite Michigan hat of mine. Absolutely love it. Um, And, I mean, Tudor. Oh just God. real quick before we get into it with our oh guests. Oh, my God. Boys. I didn't bet. I, I felt, Dude, I didn't bet the series winner because uh, I, I, my heart was with the yeah, Penguins, I didn't, I didn't but the, the goaltending of the Rangers scared me. And what goaltending? Was I wrong. I, what goaltending? Evidently. You're, look at that. Yeah. Um, funny. No. Louis Domingue. What makes it so much sweeter, and, and you guys know him too, but my roommate Jeff, his, his dad grew up in New York City, so Jeff is the biggest Rangers fan, yeah, and it makes it, so, it makes it so sweet that we live in the house together and we're just watching this game unfold last night because mm-hmm. you know, he got he got pretty pumped when Lafreniere scored early, and um, the goals just kept coming. See, Gorshisterkin can... got chased two times in two games. I don't know. Has that ever happened in his life? I I would imagine it has, but I mean, certainly I don't think it's happened this season that I can recall, but Mm -hmm. I don't watch the Rangers that closely to be honest with you, but Lafreniere and Jeffrey Anilos, they could, you could convince me they're like cousins. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they, they kind of look alike. Yeah. um, You know, I hope Jeff doesn't take offense to that, but it's just what I observe. Also a little bit of a side note. Um, Going into our burners summer season, Benny, you're coming back this week for beer league. Um, but I got I got to inform you, Luke is playing on my other team. We had a Gronert to Tudor goal. I'm riding a three game goal streak right now for the first time in my life. What? What? Feeling are we pretty good. How, how did I not know about this? Feeling pretty good. Uh, playing it. in North Buffalo, but feeling right. great. All right, I'd love to hear it, Tudor. Yeah. I love it. That's good stuff, man. Um, well, look, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about all of that and the rest of this playoffs, but, uh, some we've been dying to do to get this guest back on to catch up with us. Yes. This is a part two folks. Um, please welcome back to the show, Josh Kastner. How's it going boys? Thanks for having me back. Uh, so excited to talk to you, Josh, uh, Josh, you've had, uh, you've had quite the time since we were last on the show here, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Last time we talked, it was I was in Finland, right? I think yep. that was the last time. Oh, yeah. Last time we had a conversation, but yeah, ripping it up in Finland there. Oh, Ooh. yeah, not uh, not the same in Russia, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what's that been like? What, what was it like, though? I mean, just I mean, just the, we'll start with the hockey, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. a ton of stuff's been going on there, but which we'll, we can get into a little bit if you want, but. The play difference. I mean, was that kind of a tough adjustment for you, or what, what kind of was it going was? On? It was and it wasn't. There was a lot of factors. I don't like. Uh, I don't like making a whole lot of excuses because at the end of the day, it is me. You know, I was the one that behind the behind the wheel. But there was a lot of things behind the scenes that didn't go my way that definitely hurt. Um, uh, first being my my wife didn't get her visa until December. So, and she, and she was supposed to get there like two weeks after me. I didn't have, I didn't get sticks until December. So I was using sticks from the East coast league that I had stored up 
So I didn't get gear. Like I was using hand-me-down gear from Tali or from TPS the season before. So it, yeah, they're not to say, it, it, you know, not to make excuses, but there are a lot of things that just didn't add up that were not making my life easy over there to, to compete the way I wanted to. And, and yeah, so, so the level of play itself though, wasn't that much different. I mean, they have a lot of guys that have skill, you know, there's Kovalev that still plays and, and they have a lot of great, great players. Alexi over there, Kovalev still plays in the Kovalev is playing hockey. Oh my yeah, God. He, I think, I think, I think this is his last year maybe, but yeah, he's still kicking over there, but it's like, did you play you know, against have, him? Yeah. Yeah. He played, I think he played for ska CKA over there. Oh my God. Um, I, I used to make a lot of money on that team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's so, not good. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, I mean, he's still an, even though as old as he is, he's still an incredible player. I mean, a lot of those guys that build that resume, that rap sheet, yeah, <clears throat> um, they play on those top end teams, and they just they stick them anywhere, and they'll they'll put up 30, 40, 50 points in in the KHL. So how, That's how does it actually work over there? Like, it seems like that league is so so top heavy. Like, is it basically those top tier teams get their choice of any single person they want, and then the rest? Of I them think get that's filled a, in? essentially, yeah. I think that's more so in Europe in general. Okay. I, I really do. I think that's a, a Europe because it's all paid for for the most part by sponsors or private private uh, companies, essentially. So it's not like I don't know the whole business side of it, but like the NHL has like salary caps, how many players you can sign for this and that. So it's like you can kind of even the playing field, you know, and like the NHL draft, like the worst team gets the first pick. So they they do a really good job at trying to level it out. In Russia, man, if you're a rich team, you can buy anybody. You know, you can buy yeah. essentially anybody you want. So, um, so when you say they're top heavy, it's exactly that. They have like Ska, Siska, um, Ufa, uh, Magni. There's a lot of those top end teams that you know they're paying guys, you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars to to play over there. And and then there's lower end teams like you know the Beijing team, the Vladivostok team that I played for, um, just the lower end teams that don't have that kind of money. I mean, heck, I didn't have gear till Christmas. So, I mean, that just goes to show you. Yeah. I mean, and you brought, you mentioned it too, where the, you know, you don't like making excuses, but I mean, that's your, your job as a professional hockey player. You need certain things to be able to do the job the way you know you can do it, right? And you, hockey players are creatures of habit and all this stuff. So you're in a completely different country and a different league. And then on top of all of that, the wife can't get the visa. You can't get your twigs because how are you going to go top cheddar without the proper twig? <laughs> and, you you know, all your, your hand-me-down gear, like you said, it, it can distract you more than anything, I feel like. Exactly. I think it's more mental than anything. But yeah. the, the best way I described it to my family when they were, you know, they're back home just hearing me complain about it. But the best way to describe <laughs> it is that'd be like telling a roofer to do his job without a hammer. Yeah. Like, he can only do as good as he can with what he's got, right? So you know, I was using, at one point I had, I brought over sticks with me, but they were from two years ago. So they were from when I played in Toledo. And, and once those broke, I was literally using teammate sticks, like, you know, wrong flex, wrong curve, wrong oh grip, no God. grip. Like, so it, like I said, I don't like making excuses because that, you know, 
I, I think that's not the proper way to do do it. But but at the same time, like you said, I think it, I think it weighs mentally on you when you're trying to produce and it's a new league. Nobody speaks English over there. So trying to get things done and, and to, to perform the way you want and things aren't going your way, it kind of kind of snowballs into one big problem. Do they have like translators over there assigned to the team or is it just kind of figure it out, buddy? A little yes and no. So it is kind of figured out, but they kind of set you up near guy. Like I, in my locker room, I was between uh, a Swede who spoke really good English. Oh, okay. Um, and then I was be, uh, next to a Russian, but he, uh, but he also spoke English, but, uh, but when we spoke last and I was in Finland, we had guys, uh, on our team, and it was probably ninety percent of the team spoke English. About ten yeah. percent didn't. Yeah, I remember those numbers were. That. Yeah, and those numbers are flip flopped in Russia. About ten percent yeah. speak English, and ninety don't speak a word. Wow. So, so my two line mates was a lot of charades. You're <laughs> you're taking the whiteboard a lot, and you're showing them, you know, here here, or you know, and we also went through four head coaches when I was there. Oh so they fire God. they fire people like like that. So that was also an adjustment period to get, you know, have a system in place and then a new head coach in and he changes it or this comes in, a new head coach comes in and changes the system. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was, a an interesting experience to say the least over there. I can imagine, man, especially when you're used to, like you said, that 90% to 10% ratio and then it's flip flopped. It's like, you know, just, just from the beginning was, um, you know, were you thinking of staying in Finland? Like, where were the other offers, if you want to share? Like, or did it become yeah. clear pretty early that Russia was the next move for you? Yeah, for the most part. I think that's where I wanted to go. I'd heard, I had heard positive things about Russia, you know, when before I said I didn't know a war was going to break out when I went over there. But sure. Um, but aside from that, uh, I did. That was where I ultimately wanted to end up. I had some offers to stay in Finland. Um, when we spoke last, I had no problem playing there. I just think their training regimen is just off the charts. You know, <laughs> they're doing max back squat. And sorry, that's my dog. No, it's they're okay. doing We're max dog, back squat. Dog friendly podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're doing you know basically max deadlifts and everything the day before a game. And I'm like, that's just not that's not what I signed up for. You know, I signed yeah. here to to produce. You know, win games, win championships, and you guys are having like I'm doing a triathlon before before practice. So, um, so I, ultimately, I wanted to go to Russia after that year, and I, to be honest, I chased the money. Um, being being at Russia pays pays well, but at the same time, it, it wasn't worth wasn't worth all the heartache. And as of right now, I still have about fifty percent of my money stuck over there because of the sanctions. So. I was gonna I was gonna ask you that. Did you have any trouble getting paid with the contracts? And I mean, we've all heard the stories and stuff like that, but I didn't know uh, how your situation yeah. panned out. Usually, the the rich clubs don't have any problems. They pay their guys pretty good. Um, uh, and even for the lower end clubs, like my club, we uh, they paid on time. They paid the right amount. They they did everything correct, but they kind of got, I kind of got hosed with, you know, like I said, with the war breaking out. And so the war broke out. And so the sanctions happened. And now I got my money out when I could send it home. And after the sanctions, I, I still have about 50% of my money stuck in my Russian bank over there. So um, that's a, that's been a hassle trying to figure out how to get that home. 
Yeah, that's again something you could never envision or plan for. <laughs> they just like they just decide to march over there and a war starts, right? Yeah, um, tough bounce all around. Yeah, so it just seemed like it from the start. But, um, you know, as far as like obviously, you know, might as well hit it like the war thing, right? I mean, so like take us through like you see this happening and again like there's the language barrier right like were people on the team talking about it like are they in the know about news like that or does it just hit and it's just like uh you know putin decided to do this so this is what's going on yeah they all they all knew i mean like you walk into our locker room and every locker room even in u18 locker rooms it seems like now everyone's got a lounge right there's like a couch area and a tv yeah man and on the tv they got tanks rolling into ukraine and they got you know, but, but the guys are walking in the rock locker room. Like it's another Tuesday. Like they're just like, all right, I guess this is happening. But meanwhile, I'm walking and I'm like, are you guys not seeing what's going on right now? Like you realize there's a war going on in the country next to you and we're still playing hockey right now. Like the, yeah. no one's freaking out about that. And I have a buddy that works in Homeland and, you know, he's telling me, all the ins and outs. He's like, yeah, Russia's doing this. You got to get out. Russia's doing this. You got to get out. And at one point they closed the Russian embassy where I was. So there was no help, I guess, if, if things were to hit the fan. So, yeah. So it was, it was scary at times. Um, it was a nightmare getting home. It was a nightmare getting my wife home. Uh, so I, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that played, you know, North Americans that played over there. Uh, like in the finals and I, I'm not friends with them. Like I don't know them on a first name basis to call them, but I'd be curious to know how they got home because mine was just uh, in a story in itself, how I got home. I can imagine. I, so like for you, it was like, you couldn't just like book a flight like you normally would through the normal no. channels for you and the wife. You just had to like, what are you paying guys off in like these these sketchy bush planes or what's going on? No, not 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 to that extreme. It, at least you know it didn't come to that. But my wife left in February, beginning of February before the war happened, and even then I booked a uh, a ticket for my wife, and we get to the airport and they just said no. They literally just said no. I'm like. And, you know, once again, like I said, with that language barrier, very few people speak English. So I'm like, I'm trying to get Google Translate with my best friend. I'm trying to type in, like, what, why can't she get on the plane? And basically what they said is something was wrong with her visa. And I tried to explain to them, I'm like, my wife's trying to go home. She's not staying in Russia anymore. She doesn't need a visa to go back to the U.S. Right. And so to make a long story short, we just had to wear it. We had to eat that you know, whatever, $2,000 plane ticket. I booked her a plane ticket to the same plane, same route the next day, and they let her on. So thank God she got home, you know, yeah. the next day. And then when I left a month later, it was about four weeks later in uh, the beginning of March, uh, it was 53 hours of travel. It took two days to get home. Wow. And I went from Vladivostok to Moscow, which is a nine-hour flight. Um, Moscow to St. Petersburg, another two hours, St. Petersburg to Istanbul, which was six hours, Istanbul to DC, 13 hours, and then DC to Nashville, which is another two hours. So it was just, it was absolutely insane. And I'm like, yeah, 
it was they were they were so anal about like how much cash i could bring over and they were like you know body searching me with the wand every chance they got they i mean it was just it was something like out of a jason Bourne movie you know like how he's going through and they got the facial wreck it was crazy man. i can't even begin to describe it i i don't even i don't even know where to tutor what do you got <laughs> yeah i mean i guess so you're in the middle of the season when this happens, right? So we had about, I think we had six games left when it happened. Yeah. So was that a conversation that you had with your team where you were like, Hey, I got to get the hell out of here. I got to get home to the States. Stuff's about to hit the fan, whatever. Or is it just you pick up and leave? No, that's, ex that's, ex that's why I didn't leave until four weeks after my wife, actually that, that's the conversation I had, and they, my team wouldn't let me leave, if you can believe it. Wow. So, so like, the war breaks out, and and I told them, I'm like, hey, you know, stuff's, stuff's going south real quick. And they didn't grasp the situation because they're all Russians, right? So they don't have – they're in their home country. But me being an American over there, they don't like Americans, ideally. Not not the first glance, right? Yeah. So I, I go to my, you know, my GM, my coaches, and I'm like, hey, look, you know, I need to go home. And they said, you can go home, but you lose all your pay. And I'm like, so I have to choose between living and getting the rest of my paycheck to, to get out of here, you know? So it, it was an endless battle to try and get home. And finally, I ended up, quote unquote, winning. Um, I really didn't win. I left three days earlier than when I was allowed to leave. I left March 7th, and everyone was allowed to leave March 10th. So it's like, I really didn't get to leave earlier than I really wanted to. And I had to pay for my own flights. I had to pay for my own, you know, baggage fee. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was a very poorly planned exit out of that country. I mean, that's, you don't really have much of a choice planning wise. It feels like you just kind of got to do the best you can. You're, I did. I would have paid a hundred grand to get out of there. I mean, it was just, you, you, you did everything you could just to try and try and leave that place. And, yeah, oh, yeah, and especially, I heard about a week before I left that that uh, American women's basketball player got detained yeah, yeah, for Brittany Griner. Yeah. yeah, and she's still there. I don't know yeah. if you knew that. She's she still like there. A, like, what was it? She just had she had like a weed pen on her or something at the she, airport. She right? had like hemp oil on her. So I feel bad to an extent, but what are you thinking? Yeah, that'd I be mean, like, it's, yeah, it's rough that'd be like traveling to North Korea with a you know, with a bomb on you. Like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, they had any excuse to just, it seems like, to oh. fuck with people over there. Especially oh, yeah. Americans. Especially Americans. That's yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah. They, they like, you know, I brought money home and they're asking me to take my money out and they're counting it in front of me, like making sure it's not over the, the taxable amount or whatever it is. So, yeah. yeah, it's, they like you said, they were doing everything they could to, to keep you there, essentially. What's the vibe like? there so looking at where your team is located right You're, you guys were the far east side of russia so we're about an hour and a half flight to japan okay so yeah thankfully right like away from where like the epicenter of the conflict is but what's the vibe like among the russian guys like is everybody just like add eh, this is what happens here or were people pretty upset with what's going on they were they were like exactly that they were just like it, this happens like whatever like like I said earlier, like, it's just, wow. I, I, I couldn't, it, like, that was the weirdest part being over there. Right. Cause you know, if like, 
this is you're kind, I'm kind of comparing apples to oranges, but when 9/11 happened, things went up and, you know, yeah. thing, thing the country went to lockdown, right? Essentially, like people oh, yeah. weren't leaving their homes. And I know that's a little different scenario, but you know, basically US got attacked and there's things going on whereas like there's a war going on with Ukraine and in Russia and nobody's panicking, nobody's doing any the the biggest thing I saw was about 2 days before I left the ruble tanked really bad. Like it was like $1 was like 120 rubles. And when I signed, it was $1 to like 75. So it really just dipped hard, like almost 50%. And the line out the bank would, or the line for the bank was out the door. Like you, you because people were taking cash out because yeah. they were scared that the ruble was dipping. And that was one of the crazier things I've ever seen. That's like pictures and, you see in like a textbook about the Great Depression that you don't think you'll ever see in real life, right? Like, like the bread line. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. And I remember FaceTiming my wife, like, look at what is going on right now. Like, people are, you know, worried about being able to feed their families because, you know, Putin's dropping, you know, bombs on, on their capital city over there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Not exactly uh, ideal circumstances to carve out a good hockey season. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> no, no, but, it was uh, it was a tough tough season for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, for me, I, I'm gonna. I know questions are gonna come up about your exit and stuff, but I, I mean, I'm just curious. Like, how did you? How did you stay like level headed through all this with everything that was going on? Like, I mean, I can't even imagine just the constant like anxiety of worrying. Like, am I gonna get the fuck out of here? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God. I, I really, it, it truly is a blessing that my wife left when she did because yeah. if she was with me, I wouldn't have been able to. I definitely would have been a wreck because I wouldn't have been able to focus. I would have been worried about her and trying to get her out of there and, yeah. and everything. So thank God she left when she did, so I could focus on on getting out of there myself. But, uh, but yeah, thank God I had a lot of distractions, which is kind of weird to say because I didn't want to practice. I didn't want to go to workouts, but we still had practice. We still had workouts, even though our season was over, like the season's been done for, for three weeks and we still had practice and workouts. So it didn't make any sense, but I think that's what helped me is I was pretty occupied with what was going on in at, uh, at the rink. So I definitely think that helped. And also I FaceTime my, my wife and my family and my parents almost every day, um, getting yeah. updates and, and figuring out how to get home. Tudor, what do you got? Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. But one thing I was curious about, too, going from Finland to the KHL, what's the What's the big difference in play style there? What's the big difference in caliber of players? Is that like a a huge step up? Is it more of just a transition? How'd that go for you? I think I think it's just skill. Just yeah. super, super simple. It's just skill. Kind of like it, you know, I mean, there's a there's a lot of variables to compare the coast to the NHL or the AHL to the NHL. But to, to make it simple, it's just skill. Like, there's a bunch yeah. of good players in, in Finland. There's guys that can skate in Finland. There's guys that can skate in Russia. There's guys, But I think the best is just skill. I mean, there's guys that they really know how to handle the puck. They can make, make plays out of nothing. Um, I think that's the, the deciding factor that separates Finland from Russia. And I think that's the difference between Russia and the NHL, too, you know, being is that there's just that much more skill at the top level. 
Um, and they and they make you pay for it. You know, they they have a lot of their top end players that have their salaries based on their plus minus. So if you get, you know, if you have a hundred points but you're minus one, you get no bonuses, right? So they, they wow. yeah. They track some wild stuff over there too. I remember, I mean, you know, I got the KHL app on my phone because, you know, I used to. And it's in English? Yeah. Used to. What? Used to love gambling on those games back in the day. But, um, (laughs) yeah, they they track like wild stuff because you look on the app, right? And you're on the NHL app and they talk about like, you'll see goals, assists, points, whatever, all the North American stuff that like we care about as fans or players. And then you look at the KHL app and it'll tell you like the guy with the most distance skated who hit the highest top speed skating. Yeah. It's wild. They even, they even, our coach was very, or let me rephrase that. Our latest coach was very analytical. Our fourth head coach, he was uh, from Latvia and, uh, and he had all the statistics on like that, but it was ones that you wouldn't think of. Like they have stats in Russia on, uh, Puck, puck return or puck? How how did they word it? Basically, basically, how often you got the puck back from a dump? That was a stat they kept. Puck retention. Uh, okay. Yeah. Some, so basically, yeah. yeah. So essentially, like if you dump the puck in, what percentage of the time did you get the puck back after a dumping? And that's something <laughs> they care about. And I'm that's like, a personal stat, not like a a unit. Yeah, like, like you yeah. individually. So our coach would keep a stat, and he'd have a you know in the locker room and they would have that as one of their stats is, is how often, how often you had to dump the puck, how often you were pressured when you dumped the puck and uh, your percentage of uh, getting it back once you dumped it. And it's, it's ridiculous how in depth it is. That's That's crazy. crazy. So one thing I actually was curious about seeing some of those extra stats did they put like trackers in your gear or anything like that to track your movement around the ice or how does that work? Your shoulder pads. So your shoulder pads have like a chip in it that basically. Tells yeah. It's like, a. Data. yeah. It essentially looks like those, uh, you know, those Apple. Trackers? Yeah. The what are they tags? called? Uh, like, I think it's yeah, Apple, air tag or something like air that. tag. Yeah. It's an Apple air tag, but it's not Apple, but yeah, it just, it goes in your shoulder pads and it tracks your, like you said, your distance skated, your top speed. Um, uh, sometimes they, and we also had to wear heart rate monitors. So it tells you like during a game. So it tells you how many calories you burn, your heart rate, you know, it's this, the amount cool. of, the amount of analytics nowadays is just insane. How, how in depth they go. Damn. I'd be cut by the end of the first period if they were trying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I would say I probably would be too. Especially on the – if they, they saw how often I would – because, I mean, I don't dump the puck ever because why would I do that? If I did dump the puck, I sure as shit ain't chasing it. Oh, yeah, turnovers are – yeah, turnovers there are like, you know, oh, God. You don't want a turnover. Yeah. I'd rather take a less percentage on a dump than a turnover. And yeah, it's it's a different world over there. <laughs> like, it looked like you had some early success though. I remember seeing some highlights on Twitter, a couple goals early on in your uh your run. That was the only that was the only part. It was actually yeah. flop. So my I only played I think I only played 40 games. Mm-hmm. I think I only played 40 games and I had three points in my first 20. And then I had 13 in my last 20. 
Okay. I believe we're my so but so the so the three points you saw were like the first three yeah, games like first and then it just games. I saw like just your first, first couple games you had a goal. I saw it on Twitter pop up. I was like, oh shit, he's gonna tear this shit up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the one and done before I went on like a month long dry spell. Oh, yeah. Man. Well that was probably when, that's probably while he had his good sticks when he did that. And then he oh. started going he was breaking those ones. He's starting to use Igor's stick over there with his yeah. banana. Curve. Oh yeah, and they have weird brands. They had a I had to use their a lot of those Russians have their own company. Like we have like you know, Bauer and CC. They have this thing called Charge. Their stick brand is called Charge. Hmm. And it's just I think it's garbage. I hated it, <laughs> but I also have custom sticks, right? You know, my yeah, flex yeah. grip, everything. So when you're playing with one that isn't fit designed for you, it's, it's kind of tough. Yeah. For sure. yeah it's a, thing. it's a different world over there. When I left, they played, they played, they played an exhibition game against inmates in, in a prison. <laughs> Let that your, sink in. Your team did. Yes. Let that sink in. They, they <laughs> were literally like guys on my team. That, hockey edition. It, uh, it was crazy, and I couldn't believe it. And they were, like, taking a picture with them after, like, and they're posting it on their Instagram. And I'm like, were you guys not worried? And they're like, well, that guy murdered his wife and his family. And I'm like, dude, and you're playing hockey against him in, in the prison? It, it was – I the pr inmates had more gear than I did, you know? <laughs> like, what a joke. Oh, my God. I was like – I got to say – when we started this, I was like, I can't wait to hear what Kessner's going to say that's going to blow my mind. And we're like halfway done here, and I it's already <laughs> happened more than I thought it would. I mean, Dude, it's – oh, man. Just the journey alone. Turns out the day, basically, right when you leave your team, you were gonna, you you almost had to play in the Russian version of the long, uh, Longest Yard Hockey hockey Edition, whatever. It just, dude – Got, you can't got, envision that when you decide to chase no, the money. There's not, no, nothing you could have done. I guess my no. next question for you, Josh, is when's, when's your next flight back to Russia? <laughs> the only reason I'd ever go back would be to re to get the rest of my money that's over there. But there is there's there's no amount of money to get me back over. My wife wouldn't let me either. She yeah. she divorced me before any of that went down. But oh man, well, there's yeah, probably a process was, for you to get that eventually where you don't have to go over there i would think right just through it's basically just whenever those sanctions get lifted and it's anybody because i have teammates in and or teammates ex-teammates that are in you know sweden germany switzerland austria so i need any country to lift their sanctions and then i can send it to those countries and then those countries home gotcha but, but everybody has i mean even Switzerland, who is neutral yeah. upon neutral, everyone has sanctions against Russia. Yeah. So so the way to get it home is just it's few and far between right now. If you can't get your money through the Swiss banks, nobody can help you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, honestly, Switzerland's <laughs> yeah. like your last resort or maybe China. China might be a way to go, but that's sketchy in itself. Yeah, I wouldn't I'd avoid that like the freaking plague. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one so. thing. One thing I was always curious on on the on the gear topic is I've watched the Russian players forever, right? You know, we've all seen like the big name guys coming over when they play in World Juniors of the Olympics, and they're always using Bauer CCM stuff. But I didn't realize they had their own companies over there. Do most of the guys use the same stuff we use here, or are most of them using 
the Russian company. Yeah, they did, but everything was yes, and I think that's, or at least that's what the guys told me. That was the reason why I didn't have gear. It wasn't a money issue. It was the fact that everything was backlogged, right? So yeah. I didn't have I didn't have skates. I I used the skates from from Finland. I didn't have sticks. I used sticks from you know from uh, Toledo. I didn't have you know I was using a helmet from TPS even. So it's and I think a lot of that was whether they were lying or not was the fact that they just said everything's backlogged in Russia because they have Bauer companies or like CCM over there, mm. but it's their priority list is is not the 18th place team in the KHL. Their priority is CSKA, SKA, right. you know, UFA, all those top in, top in, you know, teams. And yeah, right. Like, the top end you know, teams that they could squeeze probably like, ah, oh, we, we're backlogged, but if you pay us 2000 extra, we can, we can I make bet it. You, I bet you Kovalev always had a stick. Yeah. Oh, pfft, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had a stick and yeah, every, every one of those guys did. So, yeah, it was very frustrating to be on that that side of it, um, especially when you're that far away. Um, and I mean, I even offered to pay for my sticks that I had to leave in Finland, and they wouldn't budge on them. So it's yeah, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare altogether. They made you leave your sticks in Finland? Why? Because they paid for them? Because they paid for. That was the same thing in Russia. So I finally okay. got my sticks. Finally got my sticks. T- what was it? Three days or ten? Not ten days. Maybe. S- maybe a week before I left. <laughs> and so they, you know, they, they ordered all my sticks for at the beginning of the year, which was 32 sticks. And wow. I didn't get to bring one home. <laughs> they kept every one of them. So it's like, yeah, is it's a different. different it's a, is that different in North America? Like if you're playing in the coast or you're playing in the AHL, if they order sticks for you and the season's over and you're leaving the team, do you get to take them with you or do you have to leave them? I've only played two years in North America and both years I got, every stick I got ordered every single one, even uh, I even when COVID hit, when I was in Toledo, they had just ordered me a new batch. So, and it was 16 sticks. And so the season ended and they gave me all 16. So I thought that was the same thing going over to Europe and boy, they are stingy. They're like, (laughs) Nope. They're like, you get two sticks. Hopefully that lasts the summer for you. You know? Wow. That's yeah. crazy. At least on my teams. I, I can't attest for the whole league, but yeah. in North America, I got treated really well for the summer. And then in Russia and in Finland, they didn't give me they didn't give me any gear to take home. So That's how one. long how long have you been using the same stick with the same curve, same flex, all that? Oh geez. Since since I was well, yeah, since I was pro. Since my first year pro, I used yeah, but um because in in college, they give you a stick based on your sponsor, like who's right. your sponsor for that team. So we were sponsored by Warrior, so I had Warrior sticks. But as soon as I went pro and you got to essentially choose, I got you know my curve, flex, grip, everything I wanted. So cool. So that's that's question then when you go from you know how many years of using that same stick, same curve, whatever, to what the heck is this thing in my hand? Exactly, and not to say I'm up there with you know. Pavel Datsuk and Kovalchuk and all those guys that are over there. But, you know, if they needed a stick, boy, they'd get, they'd move a mountain to get up, to get <laughs> yeah. their curve, their flex, everything. But man, old Joe Blow from America, he's screwed. He's yeah. like, yeah, you'll, you'll work out. You'll be okay. 
Yeah, you'll be you'll be just fine. You can borrow a, a, a guy who's on the bench when it, he comes off the ice. And then yeah, exactly. Here's show. a broom. Yeah. See what you can do with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, aside from right, uh, you know, the the war breaking out and all that crazy shit, like. Do you did you get any time to get like a good old fashioned like we hear the stories of you know KHL experience where you just see some goofy shit going on with like the oh, trainer man. the coaches like you, I I got to get a couple good KHL stories I know war aside right if just yeah. anything regular you got because it fascinates me over there yeah I'm trying to think I think my wife got home and she could probably she could probably tell me because she could remind me because there were a lot of times. Um, the one that I can think of the most, which is the only one I can think of right now, but I know there were, there were more. Um, so after our season ended, like officially ended, cause if you weren't a playoff team, your season was done because of the war mm. and because of COVID, like they both went hand in hand. Okay. Um, so if your season was over, uh, or if you weren't making playoffs, you're done. So we weren't in playoff position. And so we kind of had like an end of the year party. And, and we had it at like a, oh man, I don't even know what it was, like a dance hall maybe, or a, I'm trying to think it's not, it looked like a, like a middle school auditorium. All right. So there's like seating and there's like a bar there. And then there's like a stage and then we're just sitting around, like just drinking, like, you know, having a good time. And, you know, once again, I, I'm going off of strictly what I see because I can't understand a lick of what they're saying. So there's like a like a host, I guess. There's a guy up there speaking. Okay. Oh, sorry. My headphones said charge. So. Huh. Um, so, yeah. So they're speaking Russian. And lo and behold, he pulls out a gun, a pistol. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there. And my wife's with me, too. She came to the end of the year party with because oh, it was boy. like. They were like, you know, bring your wives, girlfriends, kids. They said, bring kids too. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is just, and you know, I'm looking at my wife, like, are, is this a robbery? Cause you can't understand him. You're, he's just going on in gibberish and he pulls out a pistol and it's a, and it's a revolver. Oh my and I'm God. like, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, you know, he starts talking and then some, one of my teammates raises his hand. And he gives him the gun and he points it at his head and pulls the trigger. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, are you for real right now? <laughs> nothing happens. Okay. Nothing happens. They, they give him like a bag of peanuts. Okay. They like, they were like, you know, he says something, tosses him a bag of peanuts. Another teammate raises his hand. Da, 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 tosses him a bag of peanuts after, you know, nothing happens. So about the, there's like six chamber. I don't know how much you know about guns, but in a yeah, revolver it had yeah, like six, six chambers. chambers yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the fourth guy, it goes bang, but it's like a cap gun without the orange cap. So it looks like a real gun. This thing goes bang. And I'm like, are you like, we're playing Russian roulette in Russia. I thought that was just like an old white, you know, an old tale. They just call it roulette there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the thing goes off, and I'm like, oh, thank God that's over. So he gives him it back, and the guy tosses him a wad of money. <laughs> like, a, like a stack of money. Like, I couldn't, and I'm like, 
I'm like, what is going on? And no one, you know, I'm sitting near the Russians on my team that don't speak English. So I'm kind of just like trying to decipher what's happening right now. And, and sure enough, my wife's like, so if you die, apparently you get the money, I guess. But it was a wad of cash. It had to be, it had to be $5,000. It had, I mean, it was all in rubles, but it was just right. stack of, with a band on it. And I'm thinking, this is the end of the year party. We're playing Russian roulette at this thing. And so, Bring and your this kids, was the, folks. yeah. And all the kids are just eating pizza, running around. Like I'm thinking, dude, they don't even know what's going. They don't know what's happening right now. And this was put on by like our, like our owner, like our GM or whatever. So I'm like, wow. I don't know what is happening right now. So then fast forward to that later that night, we go to like the players end of the year party. So it's like no coaches are there. No, it's just the players. Right. Okay. And it just, and it wasn't that extreme, but it was just as weird. Like they had a hope. I don't know about hosts. Hosts are a big. Russians love speeches, love them. So like anytime there's a mic there, they'll go up and they'll say a speech, you know, next guy will go up, say a speech. And so, you know, they're saying all these speeches and, and, and meanwhile, this host is talking throughout this whole thing and he's giving out prizes for, for questions. And then finally my name comes up and they're like, da, 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 Kessner. And I'm like, Oh boy. What? Like, I don't know what you're going <laughs> to ask for me. And they're like, they want you to say a joke. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to say a joke. No one understands me. Even if I said a joke, like, I'm not going to say a joke. So long story short, they're just, they're doing all these, like, it almost looks like a rookie party. If that makes sense. Like they're, they're having doing they're skits calling, and stuff they're calling guys up for skits. Can you guys hear me by the way? Yeah. Drew AirPods just either. Yeah. They just died on me. Yeah, you still sound good though. Yeah, yeah they're good. going, they're going up to, to like the front of the room and doing skits, and they're giving them prizes like honey jars. And I'm thinking, what? This is the most insane. It, it, it was like a mix between Russian roulette and Six Flags combined. Like they were trying to make it fun <laughs> in games. It was the biggest joke of my life. And we left. Me and my wife left that place. Like, what did we just get ourselves into? Like that was the most bizarre apart team event I've ever been a part of. So were you just like, were you drinking more to try to just like get on the level or like understand what the hell was going on? Or did you like put the booze down? At that I'll be point? honest. I was kind of scared to drink after that point. I'm like, I don't know what they're, are they going to roll in with tanks and take us home? Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. It was, <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing I could have ever imagined in my life. Yeah, you probably and, want to be sober if you're going to be driving the tank home with the boys, I would imagine. Oh, or, or anything. You're trying to find your way home at that point. Yeah, like, that's true. I mean, it was just, yeah, I don't even, that. like I said, that's the main one I can think of off the top of my mind was they, were, they literally brought a gun to a team event and started playing Russian roulette. I didn't know if that was real, but apparently it is over there. Can you imagine the headlines if an NHL team did that at the end of the season? I'm losing you here. Can you say it one more time? Yeah. Can you imagine the headlines if an NHL team did that at the end of the season? Like people oh. would go bananas. It'd be a law. It'd be a lawsuit. It'd be yeah. like, people would be in jail for the rest of their lives. Be all over ESPN. That leagues. That teams yeah. getting like kicked out of the league. You know what? Oh, yeah. Blues and draft picks. That'd, the whole shebang. Yeah. Oh, you'd lose. There'd be fines, jail time. There'd be. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. 
there's no laws over there apparently i mean it's just it's like an like an old western over there who's that who's the guy is there a guy over there that you played against i mean obviously there's a lot of older players that had great nhl careers was there a guy you were like holy shit i'm playing against him right now um i'm bringing you with me when i shut this door um Jeez, I'm trying to think. I mean, there there's so many good players, and when I signed in Russia, I was actually really excited. My favorite hockey player is Pavel Datsuk. Yeah, and uh, and he was signed with uh, Automobilist, but he didn't play. Um, he was kind of like a like a like a Jackie Moon, like a player coach, but he didn't. Oh, play old Reggie Dunlap sense. over there, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of something like that, or you know, he was. And same thing with Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk was signed over there, but he didn't play. He's like a, a scout or something. But um, interesting. I mean, to be honest, the the ones that stood out to me that I thought were just incredible were the young ones. Really? Like that. Uh, yeah. That there's a there's a kid you'll hear about. It. He'll be in the NHL in probably two years. But he was a 16 year old playing in that um, league. Uh, and, uh, God, why can't Mitch, the- Mitchkov? Uh, Matt yeah. Michkov, yeah, 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 Michkov, and he plays for Ska, and he put up three points against us as a 16 year old, and wow. and I didn't think of him as anything special, but he's also you know probably hasn't hit puberty yet, and he's <laughs> just lighting up the league as a 16 year old, um, and he'll be you know he'll play for Ska again next year, and then he'll probably be a top you know top five draft pick. Overall. Yeah, they they mentioned him with Connor Bedard like one A one B kind of thing for yeah, next year's it, draft. Correct, correct. Because he's yeah, it makes me really hate. Because he's probably turning. Think, he probably turns eighteen next year, I would imagine. So then, like yeah, the summer, I think he's an 06, I think. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, then that's he could come into the next summer. He'd be draft yeah, eligible. Yeah. Exactly. That's disgusting. That two thousand. It's it's insane. At sixteen years old, NHL. I didn't know. I was playing, you know, geez, I was playing high school hockey in Alabama at 16. <laughs> and the guys yeah. make it, you know, and he signed a huge deal at 16. He signed like a three-year, $300,000 deal at 16. Wow. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, that just goes to show how much money they have over there too. It's it's remarkable. Any encounters with like other, even hockey players aside, like other famous like Russian athletes or just people? Like, I don't know the. Khabib comes to mind, or the the little guy that was just uh, what's his name, Hasbula. Like any any cool celebrity sightings when you were in Russia over there at the time? I know. I'm trying to think. Um, figured Hasbula. I would ask. No, I never saw him. <laughs> I never saw him. I can't say that I did. Um, yeah, I feel like that'd be one you definitely would know if you did yeah like i didn't i never saw putin in the stands or anything like that yeah yeah i never saw that but i imagine he frequents like st petersburg and moscow teams yeah and we were so far away from everything right like true yeah a nine nine hour flight is not a a quick trip for the weekend to moscow so um it, it was whenever we did do something pretty cool like an exciting it was it was always in it was always in Moscow or St. Petersburg for the most part. That's where all the, the action is right. um, over there. Any uh, – you bringing up that, any cool – like, uh, you know, after a game and you're hanging around and, you know, you're not making the road trip yet, did you ever go out on the town any of those places? Any funny stories or weird shit that, that happened there? 
Um, or was it pretty military style? Like, you know, just like up oh, games over, hit the Russian gas, by the way, did you, we heard real? the Russian is gas, that is that real? <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Eventually. <laughs> I can't believe we made no, it this I long. Do it. No, I did not do it, but it's actually like a, it's like a sensitive topic over there, which is kind of weird to me. Huh. Cause like, like I asked like a bunch of teammates, I'm like, so you guys do the Russian gas? And they're like, they're like, no, we don't talk about that. And I'm like, oh, dude, I wonder so, if the chiclet stuff got over there and they were like, oh, those fuckers. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I can't tell you definitively what it is or if it's real. It kind of, it's kind of like, well, it was like Russian roulette and that is real. I have witnessed that, yeah. but, but it is, it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't, How I can't confirm guys that, playing but it's at like 48, like, yeah. Yeah, you would Say think. I said, "How else are guys playing at like forty-eight? Like, oh you know? yeah, you would think, right? You would have to. But, uh, but yeah, there's yeah, there's a few things. There's a few. There's a few other stories that are probably not on air related that we could talk about. <laughs> um, probably, and they're good. I could tell you one. It could be probably turned into a movie, but um, it was about the casino over there. Oh boy! So All right, we we're gonna do that when we sign off. There. Yeah, we'll do that when yeah, we sign yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, And uh, but yeah, so I mean, I'd be remiss, you know, with their time remaining, just to you know, I, I mean, obviously the Russia thing was gonna be a big topic for you know your your second time on here, but you know, we always love having you on, Josh. I'm sure we're gonna do this many more times, you know, throughout your career and beyond, right? But what's Absolutely. next for you have you have you given any thought to that yet i mean as far as next steps and you know offers like what are you leaning towards because i got to yeah, imagine going abroad and that happening maybe that changes things you know priorities wise or what you're thinking what you might want to do next so i wanted to ask you about that yeah i think uh uh i mean there wasn't i i, I chirp russia a lot but i mean i had a good experience. I didn't have a good experience, but I did like, it was good to go over there and, and get that, that on my rap sheet. Um, I think having that on my resume helped. Um, yeah. as for, as for next season, I would, if I had a crystal ball and could choose my own way, I'd like to play in Switzerland. Um, hmm. we'll see if that works out or not. Um, but you know, I'd be open to Sweden or Germany. I haven't signed anywhere yet. Um, it's kind of tough right now because, not a lot of imports are wanting to go back to Russia because of the situation. Yeah. So that's flooding the market with about a hundred new jobs. Right. And, and so, you know, clubs in, in Sweden, <laughs> Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Finland, all those, you know, there's a lot of top players that are trying to get to those top leagues and, you know, and teams know that. So they're waiting out to trying to find the best, you know, the top player over there. All right. Um, and I'd be open to even playing stateside in the American League. Um, knowing yeah. that I have KHL experience now, that'd be nice to actually play in the American League, not just be on an American League deal. Right. Um, so it's it's I, nothing's confirmed right now. Um, I wish I had more to give you guys, like, you know, where I plan to go. But um, unfortunately, I don't have a, a team lined up or anybody signed, uh, signed yet. So. Nah, that's all right. Yeah. I assumed, but... On the off chance we could break some news like that for for you, that'd be fun, right? But no, hey. yeah, it would be. I'd love, man. It'd be awesome to to give a shout out now. But I I really don't. I don't have any 
Um, I have interest, but nothing's yeah. nothing's concrete. No concrete offers yet, so I'm just it's a waiting game. Unfortunately, right. at this point, you're yeah. in Nashville now. We know the Preds can use some help after the last uh, week or so. So I mean, hey, that was <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. That's one benefit to Russia is it bought me a house in Nashville, so that was nice. So yeah. I bought a house here, and now being you know my brother's been living here for eight years, so I kind of am a a Preds fan by default. I grew up a Wings fan, but Preds fan by default. And after that series, that hurt. That was yeah. tough to to see a, a sweep like that. But yeah. but Atlanta or Atlanta, it uh, Avalanche just have so many weapons, right? They have Kadri, yeah. Makar, Ristolainen. I mean, they or uh, Ranganen, Miko Yeah, Rangan. but what's the uh, McKinnon? Oh my uh, Moose! They call him Moose. Oh my Moose. gosh. He played for TPS, and I can't even. He's ninety six, or oh, Landis Cog, but Lekinen. No, Landis Cog's ninety two. Uh, Lekinen is Finnish I'm gonna, guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up right now. It's gonna is, try, he, I mean, is it the? Is it a defenseman? No, he's a forward. He's on power. He's ninety. He's an assistant captain. Oh my gosh! Why can I not remember? Miko Rantanen. Rantanen, Rantanen. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Did you yeah. say that? Sorry. sorry. I did. That's okay. I got no. I got no volume over here. I'm trying. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm like putting my. It's, ear probably, it's the computer's just probably adjusting weird since the pods went off mid mid go here. That this could be something like that. But no, we we really don't have too much for you. We wanted to ask you know you know what you were thinking for the future and stuff. But some of those other European countries would be sick. But buddy, I'd be remiss if I had to say I didn't want you in the AHL at the very least over here. I mean, shit, the Sabers could use you. Yeah, I'll tell you that for Man, free. It'd be nice. I'd take a job anywhere, honestly. Yeah. I would take a job anywhere. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we could work out maybe a two-way deal with, uh, maybe a three-way deal. Sabers, Amherst, and uh, the Burners Beer League team with me and Benny. Oh yeah, <laughs> the rest of it. Three-way deal. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, Josh, I would let you take my place with with Matt and Nick on the top line if that meant you could strap it up with us. Jeez, do I get sticks or no? We'll figure that out. You, you sure yeah, shit ain't saying, gonna be using any charge sticks? I promise you that. It is no charge sticks. I can't do those anymore. I would rather use a broom over those. <laughs> I can't imagine, man. Um, well, look, uh, I don't really have anything else, Tudor. I don't know if there was anything that got lost that we wanted to ask him for for this time around, or no, do you I have anything? The, else? I had the Russian gas question saved, so we covered that. One, <laughs> yeah, so. had that saved. Yeah, up that, that's been that's been in the memory bank since I knew you were coming home. But uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, Josh, thanks so much for uh, for taking the yeah. time and really being this open about your experience. I mean, you had a wild ride the last year, and you know it's it's good to, it's good to see you're back home safe. Yeah. You and your wife both. But um, you know we're we're pulling for you to get whatever deal's coming next. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on. I mean, these are always a blast. I don't mind doing them. Maybe next time I won't have to mow a lawn and I'll be on time. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, you work for I this do. one, so it's fine. These are a lot of fun. Yeah. I appreciate it, Josh. Uh, everybody, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been episode 60 of Just Dishing It with Josh Kessner. We'll be back next week for a brand new episode. See you.